eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. So before we get to Is This a Thing, I took a look at the strength of schedule for the three wild card teams that currently sit in those positions in the AFC. They're all in the AFC North, by the way. You've heard that mentioned over the last couple of days that all four AFC North teams would go to the playoffs if they started today. The strength of schedule is an important piece of this, though. Yes. For example, the Bengals at 5-3 and three currently have the most difficult remaining schedule in the NFL. Harder than anybody. They've got, let's see, Houston, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Cleveland, and the Steelers at home. What's Minnesota it? becomes a problem now. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, Indy's still kind of lurking back there in the picture as well. They you fight. Know? I give them credit. They fight. Yeah. What's more interesting is the road slate for Cincinnati. They've only got four road games left, but this is brutal. The Steelers are the easiest of the four mm. on December 23rd. They've also got Jacksonville on the road. They've got Kansas City on the road Ooh. on New Year's Eve, remember? Ooh. And, in December. Ooh. Uh-huh. And coming up in just a couple of weeks, they go to Baltimore on a Thursday night. So that feels like an automatic loss. It feels like it should be right. It's Thursday night on the road, a divisional opponent. You face Um, that defense on a short week. Yeah. And all your bruises ain't really healed up yet. So the Bengals have three games left against teams with six wins or more. And all three of them happen to be on the road. One of them on a short week. (sighs) They've only got one game left against a sub 500 team. And that's the Colts. So since he's schedule is imposing. Now, that's rough. That that's also probably the best team out of these three as far as how they're playing right now, right? Agreed. Since he, yes. Since he's figured some things out, they handled Buffalo on Sunday night. They look good right now. I think it really comes down to a closer examination to the Steelers and the Browns, right? 
because not only do they still have a game left against each other, but they've got very similar schedules down the stretch. The advantage being the Steelers have that direct tiebreaker over the Browns right now. But the Browns Mm -hmm. have Green Bay, Arizona. Is it Green Bay in Arizona? Hold on, let me make sure I have this right. No, they don't have Green Bay in Arizona, do they? Man, they do. It's amazing how much of this lines up. Uh, So the Browns have the Jets on a Thursday night at home later in the season. They've also got the Jags. They've got the Bears at home. And they've got the Steelers at home. Their home slate, I don't want to say they're coasting, but it's... mm, It's very manageable. Manageable. That's a nice way to put it. Very manageable. Um, Not much better on the road. They do have to visit Baltimore still. And they've got Denver on the road, the Rams on the road, and then Houston and Cincinnati. So they're right around 500, their their remaining schedule, the Browns. The Steelers are who have Green Bay, Arizona, New England. Their schedule, the Steelers' schedule, down the stretch, the third easiest in the AFC, the 11th easiest in the league, and the Hmm. easiest of these three teams currently sitting in wildcard position in the AFC North. All of this is to say... That depending on what the other teams, Buffalo, Houston, the Jets, uh, the Colts even, depending on what they do, and I don't know if either of us has a ton of belief in the Jets or Colts at this point, but the Texans, eh, C.J. Stroud maybe figuring some things out. I like what Houston's doing. I, I said this before the season, I liked what Houston was doing, so that didn't shock me. So Houston maybe figuring some things out, and the Bills are still there too, and, and inconsistent bills sure they're always still in it regardless of of what their record is because josh allen's there exactly so one of these two afc north teams is gonna get bounced from the picture i think it's just it's bound to happen at least one of them and when i look at the schedule and i look at what's played out so far and what's left to play out yeah the cardinals will get kyler murray back sure and you never know what may happen for example in other spots on people's schedules, you know, do the Raiders all, all of a sudden figure things out because they get the the new coach bounce as they seemingly did against the Giants this past weekend. Anything's possible. There will be other injuries. But it sets up for the Steelers that, and I've said this before, I know I'm repeating myself, but they need five wins to get into the playoffs to, go, to end up 10 and 7. If you just rattle off Green Bay, Arizona, New England, and Indy, that only leaves one more win between Seattle and your four division games. That's a pretty good position to be in. Yeah. And let's say you win two of those five division games. Or is it four division games? Split four. the division games. Yeah. Split the four. Split the division the games. Ones. Split the division games and you're four and two in the North now because they've already beaten Baltimore and Cleveland once each. And again, you're probably not catching the Ravens for the division. Probably not. But crazier things have happened and we're we're just talking about getting in the playoffs here we're not even talking about anything beyond that so it does set up I I hate to you know I I saw them talking on ESPN this morning and uh, about and they were giving teams mid-season grades and things like that and I think Dan Graziano gave the Steelers a C plus and everyone else freaked out RG3 uh Dominique, uh, they they all they all freaked out. Like, oh my god, how can you give them a C plus? Uh, he's like, well, look at them. They're they're just not very good. You know, they they've won games that maybe 
other teams wouldn't have won, but they've got a negative point differential. They've been outgained in every game. They're all very valid points, and I tend to agree with Dan's side of the argument here. I don't think they're a great team, but like we talked about again Sunday afternoon on your show, sometimes we get caught up as as Steeler fans in wanting them to be the 13-win division champ all the time, and you don't need that to make a run all the time. Hell, was it 1984? Was it the 84 season? 84 season, they went to an AFC championship game with David Woodley as their quarterback. And they lost, but that was a classic example of, just be good enough, get into the dance, win a game or two. 89, I think it was, not a very good team. It was Rod Woodson, Gary Anderson, and a bunch of dudes. Mm -hmm. Bobby Brister quarterback most of the season. Um, If not for a Gary Anderson walk-off field goal against the Oilers in the final week of the season. I'm old enough to remember that playoff game. I remember. A quick aside. It was late enough in the year that we were decorating the Christmas tree in our apartment. Yes. This is where this is when yes. I lived in Texas for a couple of years. And my dad, who grew up, never left Texas, really, uh, probably thought you needed a passport to leave the state, um, <laughs> had been a lifelong Love You Blue Oilers fan. And we're decorating the Christmas tree as a family. Him, my mom, me. And we're watching this Steelers-Oilers game. I'm like, what, 10 years old? And I'm just like, hey, hey, look at this, look at this. And like Ernest Givens would pull down this incredible catch. And he'd be like, hey, look at that. With his McConaughey voice and all. And just back and forth, back and forth. And Gary Anderson hits that kick. And I just remember going nuts. And I just remember my dad silently fuming, knowing that his kid was happy, which was good for him. But at the same time being like, I can't believe this this Steelers team just bounced my Oilers out of the playoffs. This is ridiculous. Um, But that 89 team, they, 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 they won a wild card round and then went to Denver and were within a hair on the chinny on Tim Worley's chin Mm -hmm. of going to an AFC championship game. But he coughed the ball up late. Like my point is Tyron Braxton was the one that recovered the fumble, if I'm not mistaken. I think you might be right. And because it wasn't Atwater, I would remember that more clearly. Um, But yeah, I think it was Braxton. I mean, hell, look at the Super Bowl 40 team. That was, I was going to bring that up for young. They were six and six. They were six and six going into that game against the bears. And they rattled off that four game win streak. I was there at at Heinz field for that game against Chicago, sitting in the the Erlock zone in the 200 section. Yeah. For Jerome Bettis runs through Brian Erlacher at the goal line. And that was the loudest to this day I've ever heard that place sitting in there as a fan. It's the loudest I've heard it. The roar that went up from that place was absolutely insane. And the rest, they say, is history, history. after yep. that game. They rattled off that win streak. They got in as a wild card. They won three road games to get to the Super Bowl. And I don't think people saw that 05 team doing that at no. the time. I think we felt like 04 was the year. And then it didn't happen because remember, remember, um, Jerome, like Ben Roethlisberger consoling Jerome Bettis after that oh, game because Ben Hines like Ward and everybody down. Hines Ward in tears the next day for his press yes, conference, like, for his meeting with thought, the media. Yeah, we thought it. We thought we it was thought the '92 Pirates. Was the year. We thought it was the '92 exactly. Pirates. Yeah, and, we thought '04 was the year, and then they went on that run in '05 and won the whole thing. And then you know Jerome Bettis got to play in Detroit for his final game. The defense shows up with the Dick LeBeau jerseys, which I thought was the most awesome thing ever at the time. But like that run happened and it changed our entire perspective on that that particular team and what they did. And it, it should have changed our perspective on what's possible with a playoff run. I, I'll take you back to the late 90s with the 97 Broncos team that made it as a wild card and beat this very Steelers organization yep. at Three River Stadium in the playoff game. You never mm-hmm. know how it could go. 
Yeah, and another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And look, this isn't to sit here and blow smoke up everybody's rear end and try to no, tell them that just, this is a Super Bowl team. That's not what we're, we're trying to do. We're establishing precedent is what we're doing. And and I just and what I want to do is because in this very binary in this world of very binary arguments where everything is either awesome or terrible, I, I think it's important to remember that sometimes it, when you find the nuance of what's happening right there in the middle of the road, you can find the most satisfying moments because it's not oh my god everything's the worst this is awful or everything's great this is mm-hmm. no it's Oh man, one second, I think this is the best thing ever. The next second, I think it's the worst thing ever. I am riding a roller coaster of emotions. I am in a glass case of emotion, in fact, to quote Anchorman. And I, I that is where you find the most fun sometimes, I think, as a fan. We need to remind ourselves of that. That this, just because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers, doesn't mean every championship run is going to start with a 13-win regular season. Conversely, remember that not every 13-win regular season necessarily ends in a championship run. I'll go all the way back to the, for the old yes. heads that may be listening to this or watching it on the YouTube page. Remember your 76 It was Tyron Braxton, by the way, in 89. I went back Thank and looked it up. Thank you for looking it up. Remember the 76 Steelers. They had the arguably greatest defense of all yes. time. They smothered opponents. And what would they have? Six shutouts, something crazy like that. It may have been even something more. like that. Yeah. And they get yeah. to the playoffs. That was the best team that didn't win it. If you ask anybody that was around. A- absolutely. They get to the playoffs. Rocky and Franco both get hurt. They got nobody to run the ball out in Oakland in the AFC championship game and they lose and the Raiders go on. And look, man, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you can have a great regular season and it falls apart in the playoffs. We've seen that. Hello, Blake Bortles. You can yep. have a a middling regular season just get into the tournament. That's not the, that shouldn't be the stated goal. And I think all too often the no. last half decade that has become unfortunately what they've aimed for because maybe the organization understands the limitations of the talent available to them. Uh, and maybe they need to take a good long hard look. You and I have talked about this as well to not get too fifty thousand foot view on things and not too yep. twenty twenty hindsight on things, but take a look back at the talent that was acquired over the last half decade in the draft in particular. I love you, Kevin Colbert. I'll give you all your flowers, but some of those drafts weren't the best, Devin Bush. And so you got to call both sides of the coin. You, you do. And so I guess the greater point I'm trying to drive at without getting too long winded, and I tried to drive at this when we talked on Sunday night, was hey, man, if it's up and down and they end up 10 and seven, but they upset a Jacksonville in the wild card round. And all of a sudden, they're, I don't know, going to Baltimore in the divisional round and hell, who knows what can happen. Like, I don't expect it to happen that way. I don't expect to look up and see them in Cincinnati for an AFC championship game. But wouldn't that just be the kind of crazy-ass run you could see a team like this putting together? It's it, it not expected, but if we looked up and that were the, to be the way it played out, I don't want people to have given up on things because it isn't perfect. Embrace the ugliness that happens sometimes. Bubba Sparks time, right? Yes, indeed. Um, I 
I've had this discussion with people like so much during the course of this past couple of weeks. I'm sitting here going, if we knew the last chapter of the story, there would be no reason to read the book. If, if you knew what's, what it said on the last page, what are you looking at the first one for? Right. If we knew how this was going to go, if we went by, if it we went according to our expectations, there'd be no reason to watch. And people are going, oh, it's so hard to watch games these days. I'm going, why? They're like, oh, because they're not winning games a certain way. I said, is that the only reason? Is that the reason why this is so hard to watch? It's because of how it's happening, as opposed to just the fact that we're getting to that last chapter. If that's the reason, then you're already watching for the wrong reason to begin with. Right. If you're watching to see how the game unfolds, then watch to see how the game unfolds. If you're watching to see it happen a certain way, you're already walking in expecting to be disappointed. Or you're already walking in expecting the unexpected because you can't expect a team to be a certain way when they haven't proven that they can play a certain way. The old Albert Einstein saying, and I use this a lot, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, this will live the rest of its life thinking it's stupid. It'll also live the rest of its life forgetting that it couldn't climb a tree because as Ted Lasso would say, goldfish is a 30-second memory. But that's beside the point. But you see where I'm going with this. Like, if we keep judging this team on what it can't do, then we'll never be able to understand what it is doing and probably never appreciate what it is doing. And I understand Dan Graziano's point. On paper, they're not doing it the way everybody else is doing it. But I talked about this Sunday afternoon, too. We get mad because this team is lo- is winning games be- with its defense in the turnover margin. Folks, the two best teams in the league, or at least the best in each conference, Kansas City and San Francisco, they're doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They're winning games with their defense. They're both top five scoring defenses. Kansas City's averaging 23 points a game on offense and 16 on defense. They're doing the exact same things because I think going into this season, they knew, hey, we're not going to light it up the way we used to because we don't even know who half our receivers are. So we're going to have to do this a different way. And they're doing it a different way. you got to do whatever it takes with what you have to win games. And this is something that people just don't seem to appreciate with Mike Tomlin. He can take what he has and win games with it. I'm going to go back to 2019 because we love to forget this part. He got six quarters out of Ben Roethlisberger and lost his first two games. And then with eight and six afterwards with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Sometimes you got to take what you got and make the most of it. And that's what this team is going to have to do. And that's what they've done so far. Yeah, I just I want people to understand that while while the expectation can be set up, yeah, the schedule sets up well for them to make a run down the stretch, get into the playoffs. Let's just let's understand that there's a certain prism to watch all of this through, which is you can have your expectations, you can have your hopes, uh, but also understand that you know what there there's there's another side to the coin in that you can't expect them to to always be exactly what it's not always going to be pretty i guess is my it's not even meeting this organization's own expectations if you go by what they told us before the season started remember i harped on this after the houston game how they told us this is how they wanted to play and this is what they wanted to be they haven't even met their own expectations you think they're worried about ours honestly Mm -mm. Mm -mm. like you really think they care about what we expect (laughs) when they're not even meeting their own expectations you got to step out of the box for a little bit and step into reality for 15 seconds and just acknowledge things sometimes for how they are. And this is what this team is. But the good thing is they're starting to figure out more and more of what they're capable of along the way. I thought the Tennessee game on offense was a big step for them because you saw a big growth in the run game. You saw a lot more balance in the passing game and you saw Kenny Pickett start to trust his guys up front a lot more, which should be, which should keyword being should, Right. be a big indication down the road if that continues to progress. 
Yeah, when we look at building the game plan later in the week, I, one of the things I want to watch for, dependent upon Green Bay personnel, obviously, is what's still lacking there, which is like the, the middle of the field, especially deep down the middle of the field and starting to connect on some of those. But we can save that for later in the week. 